Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Explained Sausage Podcast. <laughs> Is that how I start the show? I was about to say to another stream, as if I were streaming, which I haven't done in so long. What kind of brain fart was that? But this is the Pixelated Sausage Podcast, and I am your host, Mark Krishnez. I don't really have anything to talk about besides what I've been playing. So I'm going to get to that relatively quickly, and I've got a lot to talk about. A lot of them are going to be quick hitters at the end of the show. But before that, because this podcast is coming out on Thanksgiving... I just want to wish all of y'all a very happy and lovely day. Whether you are celebrating Thanksgiving or not, or doing whatever. If you have to work, if you have to do this, that, you know, you're spending it alone, spending it with family, spending it with friends, blah, 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 blah. I hope you have a lovely day, everyone. This has been a really, really rough year for me. And some of my friends have had it even worse. And it's just, boy, oh boy. I am so unbelievably thankful for my friends who have been there for me. I hope I've been able to be there for you in the ways I can, when I can. So that's not just a one-way street. I'm so thankful for everyone who listens or watches this show or engages with me in any way, positive or negative, whatever. Thank you for doing what you do. Yeah. I didn't really think this through or anything. Just want to say thank you. Because this is, this has been a year. This has been a year. And I've done my best to power through it on the public side and make it so that everything happening in my personal life and all that jazz has not seeped through too much. So hopefully I've been able to do that and provide all of y'all with relatively enjoyable content. And occasionally informative content. Speaking of enjoyable and informative, let's talk about some games. We've got a lot, including Worldless, Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures, War Tales, nah, no, 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 that, that one's not there. Heads Up, Phones Down Edition, True Virus, Excessive Trim, Lily in Puzzle World, Cetris. And motorcycle Mechanic Simulator 2021. Maybe saying it's 2023. It's almost 2024. What are we doing here? We're gonna start off with Worldless, which is a side-scrolling platformer with turn-based comma. <laughs> yeah, it's a side-scrolling platformer with turn-based comedy. No turn-based combat. That is. The most Vector Man game since Vector Man. In that 
you play as a bunch of balls and that's what you are I, I, there might have been some other vector manny games since vector man but i can't think of any it even sounds like what i remember vector man sounding like when you move around potentially because the ambiguous story of worldless is that you are either some kind of star creature or an energy creature and all of what's happening is taking place in the sky, in the universe, along what appears to be constellations. And you are a humanoid being of a bright glowing blue orb for your head, then an orb for your stomach chest area, two for your hands, one for each, and then a pair for your feet. And that's it. That is your entire physical embodiment appearance. And it's so Vector Man-y. If you don't know what Vector Man is, Sega Genesis. I can't remember if they tried doing a 3D one or something on a later console, but I just remember the Genesis ones. And I like those games. But they didn't... I, I like them because they are so clearly er, they're so tied to the Genesis which is my favorite console from a nostalgic standpoint from a it was my first ever my console standpoint while the PS2 is my favorite console done and done but outside of looking Vector Manny and feeling slightly Vector Manny in the platforming, it thankfully does not have the same bland visual aesthetic. It more so, with a fair high, a bit of high contrast, artistically, it reminds me a lot of Pixel Junk games, specifically the Pixel Junk Eden game or games, I'm not sure if there was a second Pixel Junk Eden, as well as Flow. It gives me a lot of Flow and Pixel Junk Eden vibes artistically. So this is a very PS3 downloadable feeling game, apparently, if you go off of that. But what you're doing, based on what time I've put into it, is you have all these doorways that are tied to various strings of stars, making little constellations essentially and at every point there will there'll be the multiple points which correlate to stars there will be an enemy and you fight that enemy to the point of reaching a certain percentage during the battle that will allow you to absorb the enemy and when you absorb the enemy you're able to gain a skill point based on that enemy, uh, whether they're a blue energy enemy or an orange energy enemy. I don't know if that is supposed to reflect good versus evil because the skills associated with the different colors don't have a, these are good skills and these are more evil leaning skills. But when you get these skill points, you're able to upgrade and improve your character. 
and you'll have these various branches that you can upgrade. Some are mostly blue orb, some are mostly orange orb, some are a mixture of both, and you'll have to deal with that. But the combat is, is the real crux of the game, and whether that clicks with you or not is going to be what makes the game as a whole click for you or not. Because the platform, while it does feel good, it's just it's it's a means to an end for the most part because the combat is is the the part of the game. It, it is the game. But the platform does feel good. No double jump, but you quickly get a dash that you can dash forward or dash directly upwards, and that feels pretty good. And you can let out a little energy blast that will reveal new platforms. So there'll be t uh, times where you will dash forward, activate your energy to reveal a new platform so that you land on and not, don't fall to the ground. Some fun platform in there, but nothing too crazy. But the combat, the turn-based combat, works off of two fighting styles, melee and magic. And how it works is you have your turn with a little bar at the bottom that indicates how much time you have left. And during that time, you attack the enemy, either melee or magic. Every enemy will have its strengths, its weaknesses, its patterns, how it fights. And depending on some of the stuff you unlock skill-wise and how well you're attacking them, you can give yourself a little bit more time but once your turn is over during the offensive phase you go into the defensive phase and you have a magic block and a melee block you are able to get bonuses and buffs from doing perfect blocks timing it just right and the way they indicate what kind of attack an enemy is going to do is I believe a horizontal slash Horizontal flash of light is melee and vertical is magic, but I may have those reversed. But that is the, the crux of the turn-based combat. The thing about it is it feels very puzzly in that when you reach an enemy, you initiate the combat and it's not about defeating them. If you kill them, it just resets. You don't lose your health and in whether or not you win or whatever your health is tied to the fight and it's always at full health at the beginning of a fight because what you are trying to do is successfully figure out how to attack these enemies and do it in such a way that you're able to build up the absorption meter and not before killing them while also surviving yourself and then absorb them so you can get a skill point to improve your character and in some of these cases, they have more elaborate enemies that have patterns that you have to uh, learn and block perfectly for so that you can reach them, attack, and then start the absorption attempt. So you'll, you'll come across an enemy, for instance, early on where you have to block melee, then magic, melee, magic, melee, melee, magic something along those lines not exactly that and that's kind of interesting but 
it started to feel pretty repetitive quite early and I, I didn't see a lot of depth to it and while I like the idea of it I, I like the idea of having these fights just tied to these various points that correlate to stars and skill points and it's not punishing you in that you lose all your health and you die after reset you just if you lose all your health during a fight it just knocks you out of the battle and you can reinitiate it if you kill them knocks you out of the battle they're still there reinitiate if you're finding it too tricky and you want to move on come back later it, it's it's a very forgiving combat system and it's different but it feels very it feels overly simple even as I upgraded skills they were just improve this combo give me the ability to hold and do a powerful I never felt like I had to think too much about the combat scenarios but it has a good look to it. Feels good. It just didn't quite click with me. Not a bad game. It just wasn't clicking for me, sadly. That is me turning on my fan. And the game is worldless. Next up is Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures, which I did not realize I had played until I read the description. This already back on the Switch where it first came out and now it's on the other consoles. It, I remember I think it running not great on there as I try and do something with this ridiculous hair of mine. And it runs really well on the consoles or on my Xbox Series X at least. But the thing about it is that this is a of a mobile roller coaster tycoon game and it feels like that it, it feels fairly bare bones in what you're able to do but I don't know if there are a lot of because roller coaster or coaster what the hell is the name of that that game that's about making the coasters mainly I'm not sure if you can build out an entire theme park in that game so if you want your theme park fix, this may be the only option. However, it's clunky navigating and messing around with the menus and doing everything on a gamepad. So if you really want a game like this, I still would recommend playing on PC. But if your only option is consoles, this version at least is better optimized, runs better. It just... It feels a little bit too bare bones to sink any significant time into. It feels more like a game you'll play for a few evenings and then move on. So that is Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures available now on Xbox and PlayStation. Next up is War Tales, which is my favorite game of this week. One of my favorite games of the year. Only scratch the surface with it, but man, am I enjoying it. I think 
people who really got into Baldur's Gate 3 should potentially maybe check this out because what it is is an open world RPG where you get to craft your own story and go on your own adventure in a very, very freeing way right from the get-go. From what I've played, it doesn't guide you at all. It just throws you in the world and says, do what you want to do. And I love I love how into the weeds you can get with your initial setup to the game. Because how it works is you have your character, but you decide the backstory, very simple backstory for the group of mercenaries who will be going on this adventure with you. You decide on some kind of negatives for them, some buffs for them and debuffs. You get to pick how difficult you want the game to be from a combat standpoint because the, the combat is is it's a tactics, turn-based tactics RPG. You get to decide how difficult you want these survive the the survival yeah survival aspects of the game to be worrying about food sleeping all that jazz and what kind of save system do you want do you want to just have one save and you can only save on on one slot do you want to be able to save whenever and have multiple slaves or do you want i think that the last one is a what do you call those ones iron man mode so he dies, it's done. And then you get to customize the look of all your characters. I like all that. And when you're done going through all that setup, it throws you into the world, pulled out over the top, kind of isometric view. And then you just explore this overworld. When you come across a house, you can interact with it, you can zoom in and talk to the people who live there, maybe get a mission, maybe just get some story flavor, try and steal something if you want, come across people in the world as well who may be hostile towards you and initiate combat, or you'll come across some refugees who you can decide to help give them food, or you can decide to attack them and take all their stuff, or you can decide to give them food and then attack them, which I did once just to see how that would play out. And during combat, you can really demoralize your opponents, which would then send them fleeing, but you can also opt to not let them flee, which I did to those refugees because I wanted to be real bad and I did not I did not like that. That's not the way I would normally play. But it's got a, a, a fair amount of voice acting, it seems. And it's it's all right voice acting. Decent writing. But what I really love about the game from what I played is just how free it is, how open it is. Because while I compared it to Baldur's Gate 3, which I haven't played, but I have played both of the original Sin games, those still feel like you have this bigger goal that you are making your way towards. And you get all these little side adventures on the way to that big goal. But you're still ultimately making your way towards this main story that the game is guiding you very loosely towards. In War Tales, 
There's none of that. If there is, I haven't come across it yet. It's just do do you. Do whatever you want to do. And I love that. What I don't love is the combat. Not because it's bad, but because it's pretty at least in what I've experienced so far. It's it's pretty basic tactics RPG turn base fair where instead of it being grid based having grid based movement you are more what would you call it boundary based so you have your character if you want to move them they can move in a 360 area a, a certain amount depending on their class and their skill level at that point their ability attributes level at that point and then you have your actions attack weight skills etc it's all pretty simple and straightforward the one thing I liked which I'm sure is in other tactics games but I can't think of it being in any of the recent ones I've played is when you initiate combat with an enemy that will be what is happening so that character on your team will be in that combat in that combat that fight and so will the opponent so then while they're busy doing that you can take another one of your teammates one of your 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 characters and put them behind that enemy who's engaging with your other teammate to do some more damage or take multiple of your other characters and surround them and that'll increase the amount of damage you'll do to them so I like that about it, but it's pretty standard fare. It, it, it really feels like the combat is just there to have that element as a means to an end, as a means to progress. And, and if you if you want to engage with combat, got to have something, and it's more engaging than just having some text and dice rolls, I guess. But it doesn't. It doesn't get in the way of just exploring the world and getting the story so and, and and by getting the story I mean getting your story but there's so much more for me to experience but I really really like it it just sucks that it's there's just so much to play this year that it's hard it's hard to give any game too much time and this is a game that one spent a lot of time in just during one playthrough, but it's also very replayable. That is again War Tales, which I was playing on Xbox, and it, it it works pretty well with a gamepad. Next up is Heads Up Phones Down Edition. We're in the part of the show where everything's gonna be a quick hitter. Heads Up is Ellen's mobile game that is charades or I don't I don't know what it is a game of I don't because I don't know what charades is exactly but it's a game where you take your phone you shove it up against your forehead and on your phone will bring up you, you, you initiate however long you want the round to be a minute three minutes and you pick the pack there's so many packs in the games that are revolving around either celebrities or movies and films or more specific like Star Wars Harry Potter Marvel or food, whatever. They all have their various topics, their themes, and 
When you initiate a round, the person who is doing the guessing will hold the phone up against their forehead and a word will show up on the screen. Then everyone else is going to try and give them hints to get them to guess the right answer. If they guess it right, they tilt the phone down. They, they, they tilt it so it's facing downwards. If they can't figure it out because their friends are fucking shitty hint givers, they say they want to pass, they tilt it upwards. And that's the game. Keep going until the round is over, and that's it. It's a super fun game that can be incredibly frustrating if you're playing with somebody who sucks at guessing or sucks at giving hints or both but it's a lot of fun I've enjoyed the mobile version of it quite a bit and with the console version they don't have the phone clearly but what it, what it does is the person who's doing the guessing stands up looks at the people who are looking at them and the screen and then the the answers that they need to give hints for will be on the TV. And then I believe the face buttons equal, yes, I got it right. And then the triggers and bumpers equal, I know I want to pass. And that's it. That's the way it's different. Instead of holding your phone to your forehead, you got to stand with your back to the TV because that's where the answers are going to be. And hopefully no one who is giving you hints is wearing glasses or there isn't a mirror in the room. And that's it. It's a great game, but part of why I love it is for its mobile nature and its ability to be taken anywhere with you. So it seems... It's understandable because you have the Jackbox games and all that, so people do play party games on consoles, but it seems like you're taking away one of the best things about it is that it's this really simple, straightforward party game that anyone can understand immediately and you can just pick up and play for a minute or two and have a good time. And now you're locking it to a console. It also is $40, but it comes with either 90 packs exactly or over 90 packs. I don't remember the wording. So you're getting a lot of packs. And I think at this point, packs are between $1 and $3 on average with maybe some $5 packs for your more big brands like Harry Potter. Those could be $5. I don't I'm not exactly sure. And they do put them on sale quite often where you'll get a 30-pack bundle for $10 or something along those lines. So it's not too much that you're getting your money's worth. It's just still, that's a big lump sum pill to swallow for something that if you've been playing on mobile, you might buy a pack here and there or get the bundles. And, and while you may have put well over 40 into it over time you didn't spend 40 dollars at one time so it might be a bit of a barrier but if if you want to have heads up on your console there you go but don't ex 
it doesn't try and do anything special by being on this new platform. The, the, nothing of that. It's just heads up without a phone, with a TV instead of a phone. Best heads up phones down edition. Next up is True Virus, which is a horror themed point and click adventure game that Amelia lost me with how stupid it worked slash didn't work. The bad writing. I clicked on the fucking bed and it said, I, I took a screenshot. So when I clicked on the bed after I got out of it, because I was chained to the bed, you have to first unchain yourself to get out of the bed. And it didn't make it. You're locked. You need a key. And where's the key? Where's the key? So I'm just clicking around everything because I can't do anything. And eventually there was like a little tiny sliver of the bed sheet that I can move. And there was a key under there. Okay. I didn't even see it. The the fucking cursor changed to show me I could interact with that. But the screenshot, after clicking on the bed, when I was standing up from it, having escaped it, was, what kind of person sleeps on something like this? It looks very strange. <coughs> I know you can't see it. But trust me when I say, it's just a normal fucking bed. There's nothing strange about it. But then I was doing more clicking around, and, and it just... It seemed very fiddly. It seemed it's just one of the most just fucking click everywhere until you eventually figure it out. Because to get the key to the door to get out of this room, I had a piece of paper. And I was trying to find anything that I could interact with. Couldn't find anything. But at the very bottom, you, you touch the door and it's like, no, 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 you need a fucking key for it. But if you find the magic point, at the very bottom of the door, at the, the crease under it, whatever the fuck, I can't think of what it's called now. You interact with that, then you can put the paper down there and interact with that area under the door. And you put the paper under the door, and then the person will send it back with the key in it. All right. It was just dumb. It was bad. Very bad. But that's true, Virus. Excessive Trim is a game where you play some dude in a UFO-like flying contraption with saw blades on it. And what you're doing is just constantly moving forward through this farm area full of crop fields and barns and tractors coming after you and people every now and again. And you just have a a little dash ability which is the only way for you that you can move through enemies and destroy them when you destroy them they drop some kind of leaf currency that works towards your high score and you just do this when you're not dashing you are vulnerable to damage and that's it. It's got a striking black and I believe it is mostly black and white with little bits of color here and there. Maybe just blood. So it looks it looks all right. It's just it gets old incredibly fast because you're just doing the same thing over and over again. And you're never getting to any kind of boss fights or doing anything more elaborate. It's just 
It might move a little faster. You might have to deal with more enemies at one time. There's just nothing to it. It gets to the point where you end up losing, not because it's getting significantly more challenging, but because you're so fucking tired of doing the same thing that you're just saying, just, just kill me. I don't want to completely give up because I might get a, my highest score, but also I don't want to keep playing. And that's excessive trim. It's excessively light. The content of this game has been excessively trimmed to the point of having barely anything in it. Lillian Puzzle World is a puzzle platformer where you play as this little blobby pill type thing. And if you move over a surface that has a ball on it, you change it to a little ball that allows you to jump a little bit higher and get under certain areas, certain platforms. And well, what you're doing is just finding the, the platform with the key on it, walking over it, moving over it to open the door, and then getting to that door to complete the level, rinse and repeat. Is all right. It wasn't blowing my mind, but it 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 does what it in, it intends to do. It just doesn't. The platform feels okay, but I wasn't super fond of it. It works. It's serviceable, but it it needs more to it from what I played, and I don't particularly like the way it looks. Then Cetris is kind of how it sounds. It's using Tetris blocks, but instead of having them fall and you create these lines of Tetris, you have a space, a certain space, that you have to fill with the allotted Tetris pieces, block pieces to not get sued. I'm sure they're not called technically Tetris pieces. They're Tetris pieces. But you have a certain selection that you have to put into this designated area and fill it completely with no open areas to complete the level. They will throw in certain blocks so that you have to work around those and in some cases colored spaces that can only have a certain colored block on them. And that's it. So it's it's like Tetris, but a, a jigsaw puzzle where you have to put these pieces together in the area to complete the level. Super simple, but I really enjoyed it. I kept playing and playing and playing because it, it, the, the levels don't take too much time. And that, that would be... it's one Achilles heel probably I think there are 80 levels in total and however many I played so far incredibly easy not much challenge at all but it was a very addictive game in that I'd complete a level 
And I'd say, okay, one more. I complete another one. I can do one more. Complete it. I think I can do one more. And so on and so forth. So if, if that sounds like a good time to you, check it out, Cetrus. And the last game I played was Motorcycle Mechanic Simulator 2021. This is yet another one of them simulator games that I feel like really requires a mouse and keyboard to be enjoyable. But what I learned from this one, more so than the, uh, any of the other ones, especially compared to the car simulator, car mechanic simulator games, is that even though I don't drive, the fact that I've been around cars all my life, I've been in them, I've seen the engine, I've seen people working on that area, I've seen the underside of a car, and so on and so forth, I at least have a familiarity with cars that I do not have with motorcycles. So when I began working on my first motorcycle, all I could think was, holy shit, there are so many individual bits and pieces of this thing. Fucking motorcycles, they're complicated. There's a lot going on. Pretty obvious stuff, sure. But in the moment when I was asked to fiddle with all these things and switch things out and deal with the clunky controls that are on gamepad, I couldn't help but think, man, motorcycles are complicated things, aren't they? They're not, they're not, they're not just bicycles with the, an engine attached to them. There's a whole bunch of shit going on. Not that I ever thought they were that basic. But that's my one, that's my main takeaway from Motorcycle Mechanic Simulator 2021. Motorcycles are complicated, yo. But it, 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 it's something that I would play on PC. Again, unless like with the, the, the roller coaster game. If, if console is your only option, sure. Check it out. It, it just, just be prepared for some clickiness. Unless it has, I'm not sure if it has mouse and keyboard support. I can't speak to that. But uh, yeah, that's it. In terms of what I've been playing and dabbling in. I wish I had more time to put into some of these games, but given the time of the season, the holiday and all, it's just not, not so much time. But hopefully, hopefully you got something out of this episode. Again, thank you all so very, very much for everything. And that'll that'll do it. As always, I am Marcus Nez. You can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you enjoy this here show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can support me and my nonsense over at patreon.com slash PXS. And I am forever and eternally grateful for those who do support me. It means a whole of a lot. It'd be awesome to reach a very basic milestone before the month ends. That'd be nice, huh? 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 Wink, wink, wink. But yeah, if you if you do enjoy my nonsense and do want to support me, that is again Patreon.com/pxs. But if you would also like links to the site, 
the Discord, the YouTube, everything else you could possibly think you'd want to link to. Except my LinkedIn profile. Because fuck LinkedIn. At least, uh, they probably still do it. I just don't get the emails because I probably turned those off forever ago. But, man, notification hell. But if you like links to the site, the YouTube, the Discord, the Patreon, and so much more, you can find them all over at pxsausage.com. That is pxsausage.com. That is it. That is all. Again, a very, very happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there who celebrates the day. And a very happy Thursday to everyone who doesn't. Just a happy day to everyone as much as you can have during these times. During this year, been a, it's been a year. Greatest game, greatest year for gaming. Fuck off, hell no. All the layoffs, no way in hell. Greatest year in my life, no. But still here, still kicking. And I hope you you kick with me. Just not in the balls. I think I've eh, I've eh, I've been I've been kicked there, and it wasn't too bad. But never kicked in the way where I think it. I never got kicked in such a way where it'd be shoving my balls into my fucking stomach which I think is how it would not be pleasant but that's neither here nor there anywho that'll do it for this here episode of the Pixel Lays Show again as always once again blah 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 thank you for watching or listening I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day hope you get some good grubby in your tummy we have a wonderful rest of your week. Get some nice dealies in your feelies. And a wonderful weekend. Where I hope your small business Saturday with your your latter days. Shut up. For now, adios, arrivederci. I always say bye.